Just take a word of, of privilege. I don't know if I have to do that, but uh, Dr. Hamill and Mrs. Hamill, their family was a family that had a very great impact upon this community. Uh, my short time knowing Dr. Hamill uh, was uh, a wonderful time, a time of respect. Um, I, with Dr. Hamill, what you saw is what you got. Um, I was at a funeral at Eastside one day, and uh, there was a lot of people there, and there was a lot of people sharing about the person that passed away. And uh, after the service and the people had left, and it was myself, Dr. Hamill, and Cecil uh, in, the, in the sanctuary. We were the only three. And Dr. Hamill and his very slow, dry boys, Cecil, I think we need to open the casket. And Cecil kind of gave him that glance. And he said, Doc, with all that talk, we need to check and see if the right person is in there. <laughs> I, I'll never forget that. Um, we did not open the, the, the <laughs> casket, uh, but that was just Doc. Um, but the impact that he's had on this community and the impact that his family still has today is one to think of and to honor and to be grateful. Here we are this morning at the table. Got a question this morning. I've never thought of this in this light. As a pastor, many times, more times than I can count, I've stood either before or behind that table. But I've never thought what to leave at the table. I'd never thought of that. Could you think, well, preacher, what? Do you leave at the table? This morning, turn with me in 1 Corinthians, the New Testament, 1 Corinthians chapter 11, and go down to verse 23. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, and go to verse 23, reading through verse 34. In 1 Corinthians chapter 11, beginning with verse 23. We see where it says, For I receive from the Lord what I also pass on to you. On the night when he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took bread, and when he had given thanks, broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, also, he took the cup after supper and said, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. But look at verse 27. So then whatever, I'm sorry, so then whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of sin against the body, and blood of the Lord. Let a person examine himself. In this way, 
let him eat the bread and drink from the cup. For whoever eats and drinks without recognizing the body, eats and drinks judgment on himself. This is why many are sick and ill among you, and many have fallen asleep. Verse 31. If we were properly judging ourselves, we would not be judged. But when we are judged by the Lord, we are disciplined, so that we might not be condemned with the world. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, when you come together to eat, welcome one another. If anyone is hungry, he should eat at home, so that when you gather together, you will not come under judgment. And I will give instructions about the other matters whenever I come. Many times people ask the question, what is communion all about? And here in the first two verses, in verses 23 and 24 and 25, first three verses, we find where the first communion service is described. And then we find in this where it talks about the sharing of the bread. And the fruit of the vine. Many of you know and understand that the bread is the symbol of the body of our Lord Jesus Christ. And the fruit of the vines is the symbol of his blood. But what I want to talk about this morning in the the brief moments that I have. What communion is not. What communion is not. It's not a means to salvation. In other words, people say, well, if I take communion, I get saved. And that is not true. That is not the meaning of communion. But it's also not a meaningless formal ceremony. It's not a meaningless formal ceremony. There are churches that take communion every Sunday. There are churches that do it quarterly. There's churches that do it at different times. But this morning, I want us to think about communion is also a place to leave something useless behind. This morning, as we look at this passage of Scripture together, one of the things that I want to remind you is that communion does not save. Now, I don't know, maybe that, maybe that blows your mind. Maybe that, well, preacher, I thought it meant that I get saved. A person gets saved when that person feels the conviction of the Holy Spirit and that person accepts Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Now, these symbols before us, the bread, the fruit of the vine, These symbols speak to us, and they do speak to us of salvation. Communion, to me, is very evangelistic. It's very evangelistic in the sense that it tells us what Christ is all about and what Christ has done. He came to give of himself, and he gave of himself totally, of body and spirit and of the vine. It also tells us about the good time to come in faith to Christ. 
to remember what it will be in the future and what it will be in the time to come and the time that we have in Christ. But communion also, as we look at verses 27 and following, communion is also a time of heart searching. Paul warns the church and and, and reminds the church that communion should never be just a formality or something to check off the box, but it should be a time of searching one's heart. I know sometimes we do not like self-examination. None of us do. It's kind of like, (laughs) to be honest, sometimes... Listen, when I have to listen to myself on tape, I cringe every time because I hear things and I go, you know, um, and, you know, if you ever have you ever had to do that? Oh, yeah. You know, sometimes it's not fun, but you also can learn from it. You hope you do. For me, I'm a slow learner. I have to do it a lot, but, but it's a time, you know, it's, it's a time for us to search. And 1 John chapter 1, verse 9, we are reminded in 1 John chapter 1, verse 9, it says, if we confess our sins, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and righteous to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. In verse 31 that we read just a moment ago, in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, it says, if we, were properly, if we were properly judging ourselves, we would not be judged. One of the things that we need to think about in confessing our sins is that we are free from guilt. If we are willing to confess our sins, we, we are free from, silt, from guilt, I'm sorry, and, and one of the things that we should leave at the table is our guilt. Because our Lord has paid it all. He has removed our guilt. And one of the things that we leave at the table is our guilt. A second thing that we should leave at the table is our grudges. You see, when we come to the time of Lord's Supper, we are celebrating what the Lord has done for us. And what has he done? Forgiveness. He has forgiven us. You see, his death purchased forgiveness. When he died, he purchased forgiveness for all who would confess him. We receive this forgiveness by faith. And we can forgive because we have been forgiven. Remember when our Lord said in Luke 23, he said, Father, forgive them because they do not know what they're doing. One of the things that we can leave at this table is all those grudges we have because this is a time of forgiveness. We, we have never been wronged. Now, I know we think we have. We have never been wronged as he was wronged. Think about that. Where does our being wrong compare to what our Lord has gone through? We also need to be reminded 
that what did Jesus do with his crucifiers? He forgave them. Now, I know you say, well, he's Lord. He can do that. But I believe our Lord has given us the capability through him to forgive those who have done horrible things. But God has given us that. Another thing to leave at this table besides grudges is that we should leave bitterness. The message of the cross, think about it. What does it remove? It removes bitterness. No bitterness in Christ despite his suffering. Even though he was suffering, he was not bitter. Unfortunately, I've seen individuals go through their life with bitterness and even to their death. And what did it do for them? It caused them heartache. It caused them separation. It, it, it caused that friction. We, we need to see that, that at this time it reminds us that the message of the cross removes all bitterness. I know we think of the question, how could... You think of the pain, excuse me, the pain that he suffered The pain, I believe the pain that Jesus suffered was real. This was not pretend, it was real. But he was not bitter. What did Jesus do? He forgave. What would bitterness do to you? Divide, destroy, separate. You see, this is where we come together and we realize when we take the body and we take the juice, what our Lord has done for us And we should remove all bitterness. But the last thing that I believe we should leave at this table is our burdens. Jesus cared enough to die for you and for me. We should leave all of our burdens. Now, I'm a bad one. Sometimes trying to hold on to certain things. I'm going to do this. But you see, this is the place to come and say, Lord, I'm leaving you my burden. Jesus cared enough to die for me and for you. He cared enough to keep us safe or to keep us day by day. The cross, the cross proves his love for mankind. We need to trust him. We need to take away the anxiety and the care and realize that we can trust the Lord Jesus Christ. In 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7, we're reminded where it says, Cast all our care on him who cares for what? For you. You see, this morning as we come to this table, maybe we do need to cast some things upon this table. Maybe it's guilt, maybe it's grudges, maybe it's bitterness, maybe it's burdens. But whatever it is, our Lord is able. Amen. Let's pray. Let's gracious heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you. And Lord, right now, as we partake of the Lord's Supper, Lord, I pray that we are reminded as we come to this point that, Lord, you want us to bring ourselves in that place of self-examination. And Lord, that we would see 
that you have provided in such a way that even today, or if there's things that we're carrying that we could leave here, because as we take of the body, we're reminded of who you are. And Lord, I just ask these things in your son's name. Amen.